0: My Mac Podcast number 220 live at the Macworld Expo.
1: You're listening to the mymac.com podcast with your host Tim Robertson.
0: Well, it's been another eventful day. We've got just a ton of stuff coming up on this show. Uh, In fact, we've got so much audio re recorded today, we can't even use it all on one show, guys. So we've been... Busy bunnies, man.
2: Yeah, we sure have. I have a feeling that uh, probably tomorrow morning there'll be another special podcast. Perhaps
0: actually, this podcast isn't going to come out until Thursday morning. We just—I simply ran out of time today to get this whole show edited and uploaded. We have to do that the here point. in the media room. Our our Wi-Fi is so bad in the hotel. I can't. I can't. Upload from there, so this won't be uploaded until Thursday morning.
2: Well, now I've heard heard that that pretty much everyone else is in the same boat as far as the everybody. When the Mac
0: guys come and every single one of our our computers have Wi Fi and we're all using it. Oh, and Ruben.
3: If they're listening to it, it's Thursday. They already know that.
0: They already know that, (laughs) I know. That's a good point, isn't it? (laughs) So we've got Mark in here and we've also got returning from yesterday, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, my Mac. <laughs> you know, Owen over here is so impressed with you that you're 16 years old and you're a multi-millionaire already. He's yeah, 16. 16 look at that. He's but trying right, to knock 16th you down.
3: birthday. That's right. He got his, he got yeah. his Power Mac for his 16th birthday. I'm sorry. I know
0: that. Today was a fun day for for, uh, for me back. personally because this was our first time that we did the Apple quiz this year. Now, last year we did it at the ProSoft Engineering booth. Right. It was a difficult, and it was a quiz. You had to come up with an answer to a trivia question. It was right, really difficult. History. Right. right. We did it up. On the big TV last year, and we didn't draw the big crowds that we were hoping for. But what we were doing last year really wasn't designed, I think, in hindsight, to draw the big crowd.
2: No, <coughs> no, it wasn't. And I think um, uh, that the idea that you had that you came up with for this year was by far uh, much, much better.
0: Oh, and you want to explain what the Apple Quiz was this year that well, we did? We're going to do it again today, as when people are listening to this today at Thursday, but what we did today in real time as we're recording this at the spec booth.
3: So last year it was a, I think, a question, a trivia question question, that I come up with the answer. This year um, there were photographs showing that were very, typically very tight close-ups of something to do with a Mac or a Mac part or something that attached to a Mac or an Apple product. product. And the person had to identify identify and name the product. What I kind of liked this year, though, was that it sort of became a, a group effort, so people would get up there, and people in the audience would all yell out different answers. Yeah. So I don't
0: it, know. It, that's, it was designed that way. We, we, I had an, I, I, an idea that I want to get the crowd involved in it. That way, when somebody wins or loses, the next person can't wait to get up there right. to try because this whole crowd is going to be with them. But quite honestly, when we started it today, we there was only like two or three people around us. Yeah,
3: it was at least there's probably at least fifty, sixty people there. Yeah, I was closer to a hundred. Okay.
0: Yeah, and we, it, it was deep. And wide, it, it was. It back. was really big. I'm looking at the pictures that you and Mark took, especially the ones Mark took because he was farther back. I was in close, right? And and you really could see how many people were listening and just really into it. It was a lot of fun.
3: I think we need harder pictures, though.
0: You know, the thing is, though, <laughs> when you took it and when Mark took it before we actually did the Apple quiz, you guys missed every other question.
3: It seemed like it, seemed like it, but I didn't have a hundred people standing behind me yelling out the answers. And
0: a bunch of <laughs> Mac nuts and Apple fans, and they really knew their stuff.
3: There was one guy who was wearing the the Mountain Dew t-shirt, which I think that's why you picked him, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think he missed only one question through the whole the thing. The whole time, yeah. that He missed the... the uh, he thought it was a uh, 7100 when it was a Performa. Yeah, it, was. No, see, it was a
0: Quadra 650.
3: And it was, but it was a very similar case, so I can understand why he might yeah, have But we got it him bad.
0: with one of them. So the it was a a lot of fun. We want to thank Spec Products for having us at their booth, taking over their PA system. Um,
2: Giving us so many great products to give away.
0: We gave away ten cases, yeah. either an iPhone, an iPod, iPod Touch, MacBook, MacBook, MacBook and a MacBook Pro, MacBook Pro case. Right. So a lot of people today at the Spec Case okay. booth, they probably gave away close to probably yeah. four or five hundred bucks worth of stuff. Oh, easy. You got something, Mark?
4: Yeah. You know, Tim. One of the great things about it, and you know, Specs really. Doing a great job of marketing because while they may have given away ten or so cases in the in in this quiz, everybody that I saw that was participating, and we're talking about, uh, I'm going to say over a hundred, that they're at its apex. Those people all wandered in to the spec place. Yeah, and, and they're they the all design. looking at product. Of
0: course, it it did help that I'm constantly saying spec products and. You know, exactly. if you don't win, come in here. They got some great cases, and we're independent. We are not part of Spec, and we made that clear. So, so. They,
4: they came out on top there. I mean, they they definitely got a lot of. great... I, I think I came
0: out on top because I enjoyed myself so much. It was so much. We had a couple of twelve-year-olds win, and I thought that was really cool. They
4: were they were
3: very jazzed. I yeah. really like that. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah,
0: actually ran, ran into one the, later. No, that, that wasn't a twelve-year-old, but that was our first winner. <laughs> right. 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 We ran into her, the first person who won the contest today. Uh, an hour or two later by ProSoft where we're doing the next Apple quiz Great. and she just wanted to thank us and she was so jazzed that she won and she was extremely pleased so it was a good time um, and again we're going to do that again Thursday 1.30 at the ProSoft Engineering booth so if you're listening to this and it hasn't happened yet Come by. We're going to give away a variety of different software: Drive Genius, Soft, a whole bunch of stuff. We're probably going to give away ten products again. Yeah. So ten winners. So it was a lot of fun. Come take the quiz. Um, it's a good time. Yeah, it
2: was great time.
0: So I do want to mention real quick. We do have a couple sponsors, and one of the sponsors in particular, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the sponsors in particular is MaxSales.com. Otherworld Computing. They're here on the showroom floor. And they were very generous to generous to let us use this M-Audio Microtrack 2 digital recorder. And that's actually what I'm recording the podcast on. Now, I can't comment on the quality yet, Guy, because I haven't heard it. I've been using it all day. Right. But this thing is just really cool looking. I really, really kind of dig it. Yeah, it's got the, the little bunny ears. The little bunny ear microphones at the top. It's in stereo. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's 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 it really cute. cool, isn't it, Mark?
4: It is, and and so you get a, a dual microphone array. So you've got stereo recording. And yep.
0: So. And it, uh, it it charges on the ba- on the uh, USB. Very cool. So it's got rechargeable batteries. It's got a now the card doesn't come with it, but we have stuck a two gig card in here, and it told me at high quality, uh, three hours of recording. So that's very cool. It doesn't cool. weigh no. very much. Yeah. It weighs next to nothing. It, it weighs about the same as uh, an iPhone, I would say. Maybe a little bit more, but... but But it does
2: so much more for recording than an iPhone. Well, this
0: is a lot better. I mean, let's be honest. Um, But this is a neat little unit. We'll talk more about it after we've played with it a little bit more. Right. But definitely, thanks go out to Otherworld Computing for letting us use this. MaxSales.com. And PosiMotion. They're our sponsor this week as well. Yes. Thank you very much to PosiMotion for sponsoring the MyMac.com podcast. Check out A-Level. It's a very cool program. You'll find it up on the... app store right now so if you're listening to it on your iphone just click the app store do a quick search for a level and you're good to go they have a couple
3: other really
0: good they have a couple really good ones but i'm not in front of a computer screen so i don't want to you know well yes i can see that (laughs) i like i I like the kaleidoscope one where uh we'll get into that in another show though so guy uh end of day two full day day two macworld expo what do you take away from the show today
2: um... It, it seemed to me that that the crowds aren't the same as it was last year or perhaps the year before that maybe we're already starting to see some of the pullback from people with apple not going not going to be here next year and, this, and let's face it, the somewhat lackluster announcements that Apple made during the keynote on Tuesday. Didn't help. Didn't no, help at I all. did not help at all.
3: I also think you have an economy issue, right? So um, people used to come here to buy. It used to be a place to buy a lot of stuff. I know when I first started coming here, it was to meet people. But I also came here to get all those products that I wanted that I did, couldn't get el- elsewhere or just didn't have. So yeah, for me, that...
0: Dan's my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to open my soda pop with one hand I, my left hand, <laughs> and he saw it and took well, pity buddy, on we, me. We, 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 we so We were did all worrying
4: what you were going to do next to try and open it. Yeah, that's right. So we, did
3: talk, we did talk to a few people that sell on the floor, and they said it is not selling like it was before. It's slower. It seems crowded. It seems like there's a lot of people out there, but I think people are a little more careful what they spend money on.
0: I've asked some vendors, and I'm not going to name any names. I don't want to name either. What they think, and are they coming back next year? Because we know there is going to be a Macworld Expo next year. And, uh, well,
5: there, nothing's it, 100% sure about that, n- right. but it's <clears throat> like a, I'm, I'm leaning 75% that there will be because they have invited speakers that spoke this year mm-hmm. back to speak next year. Of course,
0: they're going. To, they always do that, but here's the problem. I would say 8 out of the 10 vendors that I've asked personally, are they coming back next year? have already said no.
3: Well, they're saying no now because they're looking at the economy again. They don't make, they don't sell what you know. They don't make the money. But that isn't why you're here. So MacWorld has to do, has to work really hard to market themselves IDG. now. I well, d g, which owns MacWorld, has to market themselves really well. I mean, they have to go out there and go after these guys and say, this is why you come here. I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't, I don't even really go into the Apple booth when I come here. I but really we're
0: keep- press. We're different though. The average Joe on the street, the people that live in this area that are coming to this event. We don't go to the Apple booth, but if you walk by the Apple booth, there's, a lot of there's there. still a lot of people. That being said, in years past, last year when the Air came out, the year before when the iPhone came out, uh, you couldn't get near the new yeah. Apple gear for 15, 20 minutes. You had to fight someone last year when we did, did our silent video yeah. on the MacBook Air.
6: Yeah.
0: I can walk out there at the height of the crowd this week and walk right up to a computer, yeah, right up to I, the new problem. I
3: do agree with you. I, I think it'll be wrong that Apple isn't here, because it is a way people get to know it, and I think a lot of the vendors around it are going to say, well, if Apple's not going to be there, why should I be there, even though they don't really care whether Apple's there or not. I think it's just sort of a... Uh, they it's get the wrong... Yeah. Sorry, it it
0: seems to be a little bit more of a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy that I'm seeing out unf- there.
3: Unfortunately.
5: So me and uh, Sam had breakfast with a Sam very, Levin? Yeah, Sam Levin. I, I had a... Breakfast this morning with a very very prominent uh, sponsor of uh, mackerel. Then he flat out said that you know, even though our sales are fantastic, we can't afford coming here. You know they have one wow. of the biggest booth spaces. You know here I'm not going to name the company because yeah. We don't yeah want you to. Um, and you know they have an amazing product and you know for them not to be here it's just a big shock. It's not as big as Apple of course, but. You know, especially for a company like them that have been here for years and years and years to not be here—it's just, you know, you can definitely see the economy at it.
6: I don't. Adobe is missing. I mean, I mean they, yeah.
0: that's
3: a—they're a big company and they have.
0: Adobe a, has missed the expo in the past, though. I know. They haven't been but to every one.
3: To have, it's they have fairly recently a released product. But here, this yeah, they just they should, came this this out with CS4. Yeah,
5: exactly. CS4, this is exactly where they need to be. So, and why
0: aren't they here? What's what? Why do you think they're not here? Money
5: is definitely not the issue. I mean, they're spending money up and down. It's the way that they, they think marketing yeah. themselves is, is uh, doing. You know, they saw, okay, Apple. Wait, did uh, Adobe go out first or did Apple go out first? Adobe,
0: a- Adobe went out first. Oh, okay. Then Belkin went out, then Apple.
5: Yeah. So uh, you know, it just started this chain of effects, and you know, for all I know, you know, you know, who made this decision? No one knows. You know, was it at Apple? You mean? No, at, or at Adobe? Adobe, Adobe. Adobe. You know, it's just it's really unfortunate because with CS4, you know, especially with Flash, um, <laughs> iPhone Def Camp was a huge hit. Now it's held at Adobe, and it was run by an Adobe employee. And so you know, it's just it's a big, big. You know, news flash saying that you know what's going on here.
0: Yes, things are going to change. I I do have the impression that this is the last MacWorld Expo. I don't think it's going to happen next year. I do. Um,
3: I think there'll be I think there'll be one more. It'll be like in New York. Al- uh, you Owen, know? and quite honestly,
0: unless a sponsor Marketing. comes through to pay for all of my expenses to come to the MacWorld I mean, Expo, I mean. I'm not going to make it next year. Yeah. Simply because I don't think it's going to be worth my time. Because what I come here for is to find these companies that have the cool products that I can share with the listeners or the, and the readers of MyMac.com. If a lot of those vendors aren't going to be here, what am I going to do here for a full week? You Party know? with
6: Daniel. Party <laughs> with Daniel. He'll be
0: 17 at the yeah. time. Yeah. Let me give you an alternative <laughs> view to...
4: This, this whole idea that there's a, there's a huge backing away by many vendors and, you know, it's an impossibility for the show to go on. I spoke today, and the, the interview will be up on MyMac.com probably tomorrow or the next day, with Andy Taylor. Andy Taylor is the, cr- as the founder of MacSpeech. They yep. do the dictate Dictation Software. software. And we, we had a conversation, and, and Andy's actually excited because he understands that the, the show is really about the thriving of the, the community and he's excited that the community is really going to have an opportunity to rise up and become more prominent in the show and kind of talking a little bit about the economics of it if people are basing their attendance on current economics and what the show costs that doesn't mean IDG can't restructure it and make it more cost-effective for somebody to do it maybe they, can they can't They can do
0: much when if it's in san francisco maybe and those costs venue, are set in stone
4: you know change the venue change the amount of days the number of things that could be adjusted so if they're, if they're creative and if they think about it and if they plan it, there's definitely uh, uh, a, a sense among at least some of the vendors, these are not the big guys, obviously, um, that they're excited to try and keep this going, this, this, uh, this community environment. They look forward to it. They want it. So now it's up to IDG to make it happen.
2: Well, let me, let me ask you something. Let me ask everybody here something. Do you believe that that uh, IDG will have both the north and south halls next year? No, no, no. no. Yeah. I think that's and, universal. And but they have to.
0: So there,
3: there have been uh, there have been some already here that they didn't have both. Yes, absolutely.
0: So with that, we've got a lot of segments on this uh, podcast. We spent a lot of time on the showroom floor. One of the things that I did, I was talking to non-vendors. I was finding people that are attending the show, they're not vendors, they're not selling anything. They were here to look at the products. I wanted to get that perspective, and we talked to, I think, around five different... Uh, Not just one person here, but sometimes a group of people. Real interesting, so listen for those. Some booth visits, we're going to be playing those. We'll hold some of that content over for the next show, uh, show 221, because we just got a whole bunch of stuff, Guy. But as it is right now, um, tomorrow, again, ProSoft Engineering booth, doing the Apple quiz. It's a whole lot of fun. Everybody that was at the spec booth today doing the Apple quiz seemed to have a really good time. We'll post some pictures up, and you guys can judge for yourself. And if it's something that you want to do, come by the ProSoft Engineering booth. I want to say today, when you listen to this, today, 1.30, ProSoft Engineering. It is in the South Hall. So with that, I'm Tim Robertson. I'm going to wrap up this segment. We'll uh, put the clips in, and then we're out of here. really good.
7: It's very good. Well, we're having an interview here in Moscone on Day 2, of the Macworld Expo. I think I'll shut the door. Well, no, that's okay. Let's have some
1: amb- ambient <laughs> noise there. All right. And tell us who you are and why you're talking to the MyMac Podcast. Sure. Uh, Mark Punsack from Y-Gear. Uh, we are talking with um, you guys about the iMuffs. I guess you can't see me doing that. <laughs> the, I- the new iMuffs MB220 we've just announced uh, last December. They're um, an improvement over the previous version. The main things are support for the iPhone. Obviously, everybody's been wanting that for a while. And a couple of other improvements, the radio reliability and sound quality and things like that. But the big thing really is people have been asking for iPhone support.
7: And why weren't the original ones? And let's just spell the name of the company, because when you say Y-Gear... <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's not the
1: Why. It's as and in your, wireless. And what's Y-gear your website? website? Uh, W-I-G-E-A-R.com. Very good. So why weren't the original ones set up for the iPhone? Well, so the original ones were designed before the iPhone even existed, first off. Um, but the real issue was that the iPhone has a radio in it already. And, in fact, it's got a couple. It's got Bluetooth, it's got Wi-Fi, and it's got a 3G radio. <laughs> so it's a lot to compete with. And we've got a little adapter that plugs into the bottom of the iPod, or, or the iPhone for that matter. Because the iPhone, although it's got Bluetooth, it doesn't have stereo Bluetooth. So you still need to plug in a custom proprietary adapter into the bottom to give it stereo Bluetooth capabilities. But because we've got an adapter that plugs in the bottom, the iPhone's radio kind of collides with the adapter's radio, and so that caused a lot of problems. So the original ones work. They just didn't work well enough for us to say, yes, go ahead and use it. I used it all the time, but you know I mm-hmm. didn't want to endorse it that way. So what we've done in the new one, Drastically improved the radio, the Bluetooth radio quality. So it's much more reliable. Um, it can work around the radios in the iPhone itself. Also happens to be beneficial because uh, you know if you've ever got other interference, mm-hmm. um, it's much much more reliable now. But
7: will iPad users notice any difference, or is it mostly only the iPhone people who will notice the difference?
1: Um, most iPod users will never notice a difference. There are a few iPod users, though, that that maybe they're in an area where there's a lot of radio interference, Mm -hmm. power lines. For some reason, San Francisco intersections cause interference, things like that. Or, you know, a variety of of scenarios can cause. I see. If you were one of those people, those few people that had a problem, the new ones will actually probably solve that problem. So
7: basically, if you were thinking about getting uh, wireless Mm behind-ear Headphones. These yep. are not in ear. They're not over ear. No, they're not yeah. on ear. Behind the neck. Behind yeah. the neck with a little little foam pad that goes on top of your ear. Yep. Uh, so on ear behind neck. <laughs> yes. yes. Very good. Anyway, we can we can look. We can get a better description of that. Uh, who are your comp-
1: who, who are your competitors here, both in the technology and in the audio quality? Well, so there's a couple um, main competitors. The, in the cell phone side, there's a lot of Nokias and, and those yeah. kind of guys that have that. But they don't really play in the Apple space, obviously. They don't have an iPod adapter. Um, they're not really targeted at music people um, you know, mm-hmm. using your iPhone whatever. They're more for a different target. So our main competition right now, I mean, Edemotics, they've got a booth in there. Yes. Obviously, they've got an earbud version. Um, came out a couple years ago. I'm talking about in this shape. In size. that shape... There are a few out there, definitely. Um... No big brands really stick okay. out. I mean, Jabra had a version a while ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably still out there. Logitech had a version a long, long time ago, but they never yes. updated it. So um, you so you want to be the market leader in this? Definitely. For, for the iPod. If you've got an iPod and you want something that looks like an iPod or looks like it could be designed by Apple and blends in perfectly and everything else, that's definitely our niche. Now, the one here on our table is black. Does it come in different colors, Mark? It used to. Um... People really prefer black, so that's all we offer. So at the you can have any color you want, <laughs> as long as it's black. And what if somebody doesn't have an iPhone or doesn't
7: care about an iPhone? Are they paying for an iPhone feature that they don't really need? Or are they paying extra for that?
1: I suppose you could say that. I mean, we don't offer a version that doesn't work with the iPhone, but if you don't have an iPhone, if you've got an iPod and another Bluetooth phone, it also works with that. So if you have a
7: Motorola or a
1: Nokia... Exactly, anything. And what will happen is you're listening to music, a phone call comes in, it just pauses your iPod, and then you go and talk on the phone even through if, the headphones, even if it's not an iPhone, even if it's not so an. So you've iPhone, got a phone yeah. in your pocket. So you've got that convergence, even without having the one device. And tell us how much it costs and where we can buy it. One forty nine ninety nine at 99 com. And are you affiliated with Dr. Bot? Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. They're a distributor buyers. And
7: are there what kind of street price is this? Are there any uh, when people actually go to buy
1: it? Do they find bargains and discounts? For the new product, it just came out. There's it's one forty nine ninety nine everywhere. It's just December. And if somebody. Is there any reason why
7: somebody should... Have, have the other ones been taken out of the supply chain? Are the other ones pretty much gone? There's
5: there's
1: a few of them around, definitely. We still have some, uh, so we're offering those at 129 dollars Okay, so spend the extra 20 bucks. Yeah, it's and definitely worth it. You'll be happier with it. it was. Now, there's a sweet
7: spot in uh, premium microphones and and speaker systems, and you're, you're positioning it at the $150 mm-hmm. point. Um, obviously... If you go much higher, you're gonna put yourself into a different market.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean there are really expensive headphones <laughs> out there. We're trying to um to get it down as low as we can, which is why we've been pushing for mm-hmm. the one forty nine price point. It's it's a premium product though. I mean we've We've done everything to make sure that the ergonomics are great. You put it on your head. It, you can use it for eight hours straight without <laughs> it hurting your ears or anything like that. How durable are these earpads, and how easily are
7: they replaced?
1: Well, it we, comes with an extra set just in case. You can always buy more. They're um, not expensive. They're not expensive, definitely And not. it charges up on your computer using... You can your... plug it into your computer, USB port, mm-hmm. or plug it into the wall. We is include it... a charger. Oh, okay. Yep. So it's really full service. Yep, absolutely. And how does it sound for music? So the sound quality is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's got a good balanced it's got good bass but good high-end so if you listen to classical music or if you listen to Mm -hmm. you know rap whatever it's it's gonna sound great across the spectrum and how good is it for the audio of the telephone call so the telephone we've got some really good technology in there for noise Ah. cancellation there's, there's a little be a mic, yeah. Or there's a little mic in there. It's kind of hard it's to see. It's pretty small. It is pretty small. It's approximately the size of a nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it's not you know. It was it was a style choice, right? We want these things to look like headphones. It's a headphone first, right? But you, you want to be able to talk on the phone. People don't use it as
7: their primary.
1: Phone. Hopefully not, because if you're driving or something in California, you can't cover up both ears. Okay. You know, so it's it's. Often not a primary thing, but when you're listening to music, it's great it's to fun. not miss a call, even on vibrate. I miss calls all the time because yeah. I can't hear. At this the point, listening to music. And what about
7: the case? I have commented on the case, and just tell the listeners of the MyMac podcast. And this is Mark Punsack from <laughs> YWI-GEAR. Um, tell us why the new IMuffs version two or whatever version they are on T
1: twenty. Tell tell why this version. Is uh, doesn't come with a case. Sure. So a lot of people have asked us about that. Um, To be honest, a case would make them kind of bulky. Personally, I just throw them in my backpack. I let them get squished. I pull them out. There's no damage. They're really flexible. You can twist them around. Um, You just don't have to worry about it. I don't even turn the power off. They go into a low power saving mode. I never worry about it. Just put them in my bag.
7: And since you're a high
1: capacity user, how often do you find yourself charging it up? It depends on, um, you know, kind of an individual usage pattern. And I end up using them you know, all throughout the day or something like that. But still, they last for 20, 24 hours sometimes. Yeah. So uh, you may not even charge them even a couple times a week. But if you use them less, if you're just commuting... You can easily go a week or two without charging it.
7: And what happens to the people who've had them for a long time and the battery poops out? How do they replace the battery?
1: Well, you'd have to come to us to replace it, but so far we haven't <laughs> had that need yet, ever, actually, oh. for that matter. So the batteries um, are long life batteries. Yeah, the batteries are actually lithium, lithium polymer technology. Oh, I think so it's they're... the same technology that's in the new MacBook <laughs> Air, or not MacBook Pro, that was announced. So, that, us, so right? the batteries are around probably longer. Than they. <laughs> right, right. So the battery is not going to be a And problem. what kind of warranty does it come with? A year, a full year.
7: Very very good. And how how many returns do you get in your first year for any reason? Oh, well, I mean,
1: up to that year. I mean, anything that goes wrong, no, we'll cover it. No. And in reality, how many Oh, how much percentage it? rate?
7: Yeah, for any reason.
1: You know, I don't know if I have a number offhand. Um, it's not a huge percentage. It's I mean, low people do use them in a variety of scenarios. People drop them every once in a while and, you know, I probably yeah. shouldn't say this, but we'll cover it most yeah. of the time anyway. Um, so if the headband snaps or if a piece falls off, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll tend to bring it in, even if, you know, you admit mm-hmm. you dropped it. Um, if you ran over it with your car, maybe <laughs> not, but, you know, things like that. Um, so for the most part, you know, they're, they're pretty. Well, there's not a lot of moving parts, you know, there's not much to go wrong. And let's see, the last question. Um, pause. <laughs> you should definitely.
7: Well, I think it's time for me to listen to these so uh i do, does your company have any other products this is it really so so you're gonna stand or fall on the
1: <laughs> for now yes i mean yeah how long have you been in business four years okay four so years. you're doing something right <laughs> yep yeah people love the product we right. have so many rave reviews people talk about it all the time i mean great customers love it
7: okay thank you very much mark Punsack from wi-g-e-a-r <laughs> And we look forward to using and listening to the IMUPS version 2. So here's,
0: here's the idea. It, there's such a great, big, diverse group of people here at the Macworld Expo in San Francisco this year, and every year, that rather than just do interviews at the booths with companies, uh, I'm going to try to grab some people on the showroom floor, or right outside the Moscone Center, in the hallways, and just kind of, I'm going to pick five random different people and uh, see what they do and what their connection to the Macintosh and the Apple universe is and uh, see how that turns out. So uh, let me go hunt up my first victim. I'm here with Caroline Andriol
2: from IPVO. Yes. And you guys are over here uh, by the Dr. Bot booth here at Macworld. What can you tell me about the products that you've got on display here today?
8: So basically, we do everything that has to do with communications over the internet, and most of it is USB power. So we start with Skype phones. We have really cool Skype phones that won, won a lot of international awards. So we have our basic Skype phone, our Skype phone with an LCD, so you can scroll through contacts, and you can also record conversations for podcasts, for example. Oh, very cool. Then we have the speakerphone for iChat, which I know MyMac has already reviewed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know all about that, and if you don't, then you need to check MyMac.com again. Yes. And our latest products that we're showing off right now are products that will launch in March, and they are the... Um, a cool UVC webcam, so that's compatible with Mac and Windows, with no drivers, so it's pretty Very like, nice, no hassle. It's got this cool little stand. For you guys who can't see it, it really will remind you of Pixar. It's little lamp that's jumping. Yeah, out. yeah, it
2: does kind of remind me of, of the lamp that comes jumping out at the Pixar movies.
8: Everybody says that, so right. I think it's a pretty good visual. And then the advantage is that you can take the lamp part of it, which is the webcam. It's pretty light, and you can walk around and show, you know, your pets, your apartment your engagement ring, who knows, whatever it is that you have to show. It's got a pretty cool macro. The uh, Logitech 9000, um, which retails about 190 bucks, is about 7.5 inches macro. Mm-hmm. Our macro is 2.3 inches.
2: Oh, very so nice. And what, how much does that cost?
8: The Our webcam? Mm-hmm. The whole thing with this stand will retail about $100 March 1st. Oh,
2: very, so that's coming out in March 1st. Yes. Okay, what else do you have?
8: So we have two really cool frames. One's a widget frame. So it's going to be USB attached to your computer. That's where I'll draw some of its power. Most of it will be through the outlet, as you can see down here. The idea is that it's kind of an ambient device. So you'll want to see your widgets, so your Google Calendar, the weather, the stocks, anything you want to keep updated with, but you don't have a dedicated browser for. And also, of course, since it's a frame, Really cool photos. We have the highest resolution available right now on a seven-inch panel, which is 800 by 480. Okay, but, but you can process.
2: you can you can basically select the widgets that you, you don't yes. have to have all your widgets oh, no. come up. You select the widgets that, in particular, that you want to have come up. Same thing with your with your photos. You you go to your iPhoto library. You can tell it to to use uh, you know,
8: just that one folder, or you could even probably use their latest iPhoto feature of just right. streaming that one person right, using right. facial recognition. Uh, the the idea is that you just set up a channel the way, kind of the way you would on your iTunes cho- mm-hmm. choose a playlist. So you pick and choose. You can do you know your iPhoto that kind that folder or right. another folder on your computer, or you could do even a, a Flickr search. So let's say you want to know what purple flowers look like on Flickr. <laughs> you write that down and it'll start streaming. Very good. And you can just switch around between the channels. Now the Kaleido R7. Has is, is slightly different. It's our Wi-Fi frame. It's elevated, so it doesn't look like an L shape on the side for the frame. It actually looks like a little base with a neck and with the frame on top. And one of the advantages of that is that you can rotate. Oh, the you frame. can rotate
2: it sideways, and and the whole uh, uh,
8: the photo will actually get yeah. displayed the proper way. So right. you don't have to look at vertical, you know, portrait sideways or landscape right. sideways. Exactly. Um, it
2: changes perspective automatically.
8: Automatically. That's
2: what I was trying to say. <laughs> okay. The
8: advantage being that with the neck and the base, the touch sensitive but- but- buttons that are on the base never change position. So whether you look at it in portrait or in landscape the buttons are always on the right, base. Right. And it, and
2: it does it automatically. There's absolutely nothing you have to touch. It just it just goes ahead and does it. Yep. And and what's the price range on these two yeah. units?
8: So the Kaleido R7, the one with the oh, neck hole, retails at about $199 March 1st. And, and that's
2: a 7-inch screen, isn't it? Yes, 7-inch nice.
8: high resolution. And then the Widget Frame will retail for a little under, but I don't know quite the pricing yet. Okay. So well, but
2: basically these range. are coming out o- over the next couple of months. Yes. And if, if people want to go and find out more information about products from IPEVO, where would they go?
8: They would go on www.ipevo.com. That's i-p-e-v-o.com.
2: You know, I knew that. I did know that, but. For the benefit of the people that are listening, they might not know that.
8: Actually, the one last thing I'd like to add about sure. the cool frames that I did mention Uh-oh. is that, ta-da! You know the one more thing from Steve Jobs. Yes. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. For the frames, there will actually be an app available on iTunes, so that you oh. can use your iPhone or iPod Touch as a remote control and oh, stream cool. photos from your iPhone directly onto your frames without going through a computer.
2: And and it's almost zero configuration. Very very good. All
0: right. I want to thank you, Carolyn.
8: Thank you. Oh, so this one—the
0: dark dank tunnel between the north and south halls. Not really. And I found Aaron. He's a show attendee this year. So, uh, is this your first day at the expo? Um, no, we were here yesterday as well. You were here, so you've seen the, the showroom floor pretty much now. Any one thing that's kind of caught your eye that you're really excited about, or well, of course
9: the uh, uh, the uh, Garage Band. You know music. Uh, do you know how to play music already? I do not. That's why it's pretty uh, kind of exciting. I also have children. Think about you know piano lessons and stuff like that. It might be. Are you cool.
0: interested in piano or the guitar for yourself? Um, I well, either for me,
9: I don't play either. So guitar or piano would be wonderful. My wife plays the piano. So can she teach you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she could, but she probably wouldn't have the patience that a
0: machine would. We can stop and. I understand. No, you see that those are like what four ninety nine per lesson? That's right. Yeah. You think that's cost prohibitive? That's you cool. You know
9: what? You know what? I you know I've not had not looked close into it. It's just more been more intriguing to me. So are you from the area or did you fly no, in? I'm Actually, here from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, yeah. so, so yeah. You're, this is a little
0: bit of a flight for you then.
9: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I've been to Mackrel about ten straight years though. So.
0: Really? So yeah. you've been here for the big events, the small events. Oh, yeah. Where would you rate this expo as far as excitement goes?
9: Probably uh, down there a little bit just because of the keynote. You know, I mean, nothing, uh, nothing real major and spectacular. I think maybe Apple has a hard time. Uh, well, I wanted to say hard time, but you know, uh, it's it's difficult to come up with something exciting every single year. I mean, of course, uh, the last couple of years with the iPhone and the, uh, you know, the iMac and the. Uh, I remember even back in the days with the old iPods and all that. You know, everything the Bondi Blue. Blinding blue IMAX, stuff. yeah. I mean, that was the, those are all exciting things. This year, you know, probably just some updates on some iLife stuff, which is pretty neat, but nothing,
0: nothing earth shattering. Yeah. So, what was your favorite Expo of all time? If you had to rate them, um, and you do because yeah. you're inter- yeah. being interviewed, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably say the uh, the one that was uh,
9: seemed to be it kind of dropped a little bit when uh, when Apple's. Uh, uh, iLife and stuff took over there weren't as many vendors and stuff but over the last couple years you know they've kind of adapted and more and more people have made uh, better applications for the Mac but you know Mac themselves have all the cool stuff so it's kind of harder for application stuff to break in so but I don't
0: know I kind of like the uh, the iPhone one was, was pretty exciting A lot of people say that. I, I think in recent memory the, the iPhone Personally, I liked the 2000 show when we got to see Mac OS X for the very first time. Yeah, no, and
9: I, I do remember that as well. I do. Uh, I saw that and... Um, it was like looking into the future. Yeah, and it was neat to see see just the uh, interface changes and stuff. It looked really neat and, and uh, all of that stuff, yeah. How long have you been a Mac user? Um, probably about 13, 14 years. So why do you come to
0: the Expo? Uh, do you use a Mac professionally? Yeah.
9: Well, I'm in education, and uh, I'm a librarian, and our whole school is a Mac school. So I've been using Macs for,
0: for many, many years. So you con your school district to send you here?
9: That's exactly right. <laughs> the, uh, we're a smaller school district, and our IT guy um, has people at the schools that help him. And so the people that help him at the schools, and I just do minor trouble su- shooting at my school, very minor. And so I get the uh, perks of coming to Macworld
0: and checking some things out. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to us. And you can listen to this on our podcast. Just check out MyMac.com. Thanks. We'll, uh, we'll check that out. Thanks. All right, standing outside Moscone South, and I found a couple more showgoers. you got to turn your badge around. I don't know yeah, your name. Sorry, okay, we have Wayne and we have Darren. Darren, that's Darren, right. Darren, and you got, wow, Sydney, Australia. Yep. Right, so, did you actually fly up here just for the Macworld Expo? Don't tell me you came here from Sydney just for the Macworld Actual, Darren. Uh, no, to see the sights as well. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. But this is one of the draws for you? Yeah. So when did you come into the states? Uh, on Saturday, last Saturday. Really? How long is that flight? Uh, about 13 hours. Oh, good lord! You got a stronger constitution than me. I'm, I'm. It's like four hours for me, and I'm like, I'm dead. We're gonna get a loud sound here, so I'll hold on and pause this podcast till the fire truck goes by. I'm sure it's not picking it up.
6: Why
4: they
0: use editorial. Yeah. yeah. Editorial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back after the uh, loud fire
10: truck. Wayne, you're from Australia as well? Yes, from Australia as well, yes. Flew in on Saturday. Are you related
0: or just friends?
10: Yeah. Or it's work for the same company. Oh, okay, so what brings you to the expo? Uh, we're Apple resellers in Australia. We have uh, their largest distribution in Australia. So we've just come over here to have a look at the new products and uh, obviously see the new Mac product. And so you were
0: here yesterday too and yes. today? Yep. Yes. You guys have gone both halls at this point or just one?
10: Both halls. We both. had a look at both halls yesterday.
0: Uh, Darren, is there any one product that's really jumping out at you, like personal that you want that and then maybe professional, something that, yeah, we could sell that in the store? Uh Maybe just uh, one of the tablets that we were looking at?
9: Yeah, Yeah. there's the Modbook
10: tablet, which hasn't really hit Australia yet, so we're having chats to them later today. they got Steve Wozniak coming over to their booth today. Uh, Yeah, and he's just joined their board recently, so um, obviously uh, it hasn't got distribution in our country, so just looking at whether we take it on board as a product to distribute. Do do you think that there's a a market for a tablet Mac? Um, Probably. I, I see it as a niche product. Um, but, yeah, just uh, looking at what it costs and how it's going to land in Australia and looking at the distribution.
0: Yeah, is the cost, would it be more in Australia or roughly the same? About 30% more. So that, that'd be an expensive proposition very for someone expensive. to
10: buy. A very yeah. expensive proposition.
0: So what else are you guys going to do here for the, are you here the whole week or just a couple more days or? Well, it's a few more days from now, isn't it? Yeah. And then
11: uh, a few days of leisure for me anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is there anything in San Francisco you're looking forward to doing or?
11: Uh, well, I want to go to Alcatraz, uh, but, yeah, first time
10: I'm here, so. No, I'm hyping East. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not too many people actually want to visit jail, but, you know, takes all kinds, right? Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> well I, I hope you guys have a good time at the Macworld Af- Expo in much. San Francisco, and thanks for the interview. Thank Pleasure. You.
7: Well, I'm very happy to be back in the speaker's lounge at the Moscone Center for the 2009 Macworld Expo. And we are, once again, with Mikkel Oland, and we're going to spell that for you. That's M-I-K-K-E. E-L-A-A-L-A-N-D, but the pronunciation is correct.
12: Boy, I'm so happy you got that right, John. (laughs) Thank you.
7: (laughs) And we're going to talk today about your new book and your new adventure. It's called Adobe Photoshop Lightroom 2 Adventure, Mm -hmm. and it took place... Down Under, Down Under. <laughs> it took place in Tasmania. I like that. So why
12: Tasmania? <laughs> I love it. Down Under, Down Under. That's great, John. Well, you know, the last adventure, we went to Iceland. And Iceland is in the Northern Hemisphere. And uh, that happened to be the time uh, when uh, Lightroom 1 was in its beta cycle in the summertime. So we went to li- uh, Iceland uh, to get the, the wonderful light, uh, the summer light. Uh, When Lightroom 2 started, it started looking like we're going to get a beta on that, Uh, it was clear it was going to be in the winter or early spring. And as much as we love Iceland and would love to go back to Iceland, uh, that was not the time to get the good light in Iceland. Mm -hmm. So we started looking on the other side of the equator and we looked at places like Patagonia and um, um, uh, Madagascar. and. I remembered, kind of historically in my family, my father talking fondly of a a place called Tasmania. (laughs) He was a Norwegian uh, uh, sailor and had landed there and just fell in (laughs) love with the place and said it reminded him of Norway and that he really considered uh, immigrating there back, back in the 40s and the 50s. And I remembered that, and I started thinking, now let me look into it. I had no idea what it was like. Um, so I started looking into it and realized that this could be just the perfect location for us, and,
7: and it turned out to be. But It was very expensive to take your crew there. Who were some of the big-name people there, and how did you get somebody to pick up all the bucks for flying bazillion people down there and putting up with you and putting you up for all those, all those weeks? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, the
12: bucks. It, it, it looks like it was a... It, it, if, you, if you dollared it out... If, if we had actually paid true costs, it would have been what you described. But I, I, I have this philosophy. It's called the stone soup philosophy. And you walk in and you have a little stone, mm-hmm. a rock, and you throw it in a pot of water. And uh, before you know it, if you get enough people involved, you turn that uh, that stone soup into a, a wonderful uh, stew with all kinds of vegetables and, and, and meats. And, and that's really how this all happened. We, we were able to get the stone, which was adobe support, mm-hmm. Uh, and then get uh, Qantas Airlines, uh, gave us a, a lot of support. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tourism Tasmania, just, it just. Fit perfectly in a program that they were working on to bring uh, uh, interest to their island so they became a huge sponsor uh, we had several sponsors we had low pro we had Epson uh, we had uh, well digital railroad um, may they rest in peace mm-hmm. and uh, uh, several other sponsors uh, okay. as well that made it all possible very good yeah
7: now when someone picks up this book Adobe Photoshop Lightroom 2 adventure as I just did recently and I went through every single page I find there are a couple of things. There's portfolio sections for all the featured artists. There's uh, sort of cookbooks, as we say, lessons on how to do certain things. There's technical information on the various modules in Lightroom 2. And how many different audiences, because this is a large, fairly serious book, and how many different audiences do you feel are appropriate for the Adobe Photoshop Lightroom 2 adventure?
12: Mm, That's a really, really good question here. This is a hybrid book. It's, a, it's kind of a combination of a coffee table, uh, beautiful images, like you say, the gallery images, and then a very practical how to book. So, really, it begs the question who's using Lightroom? Mm-hmm. Uh, because anybody that's using Lightroom is just going to find this book, uh, I think, hopefully inspiring and really instructional. Uh, and I just I hope that uh, there's a lot of photographers out there who have discovered how great a program Lightroom is, and they're just going to, this mm-hmm. book will be perfect for them because it's more than just an instructional. It will show them, okay. it, it
7: remind us why we're in this business, which is to make great images. Because you and I were talking about the very, very heavy-duty book by Martin Evening, which is, I mean, it's, it's ultra, super hardcore for Lightroom users. Your book is not that hardcore. Mm. Someone can come to this from iPhoto, Photoshop mm. Elements, mm. and Photoshop, and they can begin to get the feeling that Lightroom may be for them. Mm. Can you explain how the modular approach to Lightroom mm. helped you mm. In general, with your professional work, and also how the modul modular approach to lightroom helped you on this adventure mm,
12: that's a, I, I have to say martin evening 's book is extraordinary, and martin evening is extraordinary He's just, this is one of the the legends of our time, and, and his book is just you know like a Bible on this subject. Yeah. What I try to do with my books, uh, John, and what, especially uh, in light of what, how, how Lightroom is made too, the idea here is, uh, with, behind Lightroom, is that we're uh, photographers first and, and we would rather spend more time out shooting. And the the idea is that you'd have software that would g- get you up to speed very quickly and yet at the same time be powerful enough to get you the quality you needed, but not, not so complex that you would spend so much time behind it so this was the this is the philosophy behind lightroom and i i kind of tried to do that with my book too mm-hmm. with the idea that you can you can see it there's a, the text is very very straightforward very uh, mm-hmm. i, I want to say kind of deceptually deceptively simple uh and then right next to it are screen grabs so that you can it's a very visual book mm-hmm. so that you can move through the the various um uh, modules and and learn how they work and get more in depth if you want in some of the chapters, like the recipe chapter, mm-hmm. for example, uh, where we have recipes from some of the adventure photographers, mm-hmm. I hope you know people understand that there's there's many levels I'm trying to hit with this book. But it's the same philosophy as Lightroom. You know, get in, get out. You know, be a better photographer.
7: Here at the MacWorld Expo, you're teaching an extended workshop on Lightroom. What do you find that people who are new or just getting their toes in the water for Lightroom how do they approach it and how can this book make a difference Mm. well i just
12: taught a two-day workshop and there were several people in this workshop who had just downloaded lightroom on friday oh my goodness and they were up to speed i wish i could i should give you the link to the gallery we produced of the images from the Uh class and after two days on the workshop They were up to speed, and I think they did an extraordinary job. So that, I think, really speaks to uh, it's a testimony to Lightroom, the program, Mm And I hope to the you know the works, workshop skills that I brought to to this group, and which was pretty much reflecting the book's uh, mm-hmm. content. So, so the point is again, uh, it, it's an enabler. Lightroom is, a, is an enabler. It enables you to get the best out of your photographs you could possibly get quickly.
7: Can people learn Lightroom from a book? <sighs>
12: I think that some people can. I think everybody learns differently. I think some people uh, will benefit from a book more than they would, say, a, uh, a, tutor- a video tutorial. Uh, I think the best approach might, what I find, is a uh, multiple uh, multiple approach where uh, the book is there uh, and then maybe a workshop and then maybe some hands-on with, the, with one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um,
7: can you learn anything primarily only from a book? That's, it really depends on the person. If somebody's comfortable in iPhoto, why do, should they give two hoots about Lightroom?
12: iPhoto's great. Boy, did we see a great demo yesterday, huh? The introduction of the you know, iLife 09. Um, I really like iPhoto. That's a, it's a really great program. And it, it is perfect for, for a certain segment of, uh, of uh, consumers. Uh, you you really have to go to that next level if you're professional or serious and get the, the power and control that you get with mm-hmm. Adobe products. I mean, Adobe really is about uh, taking it and giving control back in your hands. And iPhoto is really a lot about saying, okay, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And if you want to deviate a little bit, um, you know, that's where you run into some problems. Um, I love iPhoto, but if you want to go to the next level, you need to go to, to Lightroom.
0: Do people
7: need to be shooting their originals in raw to make best use of Lightroom? Or can they pull them over from their existing JPEGs, TIFFs, Pings, PSDs, (laughs) GIMPs, (laughs) flops, floops, and blips? (laughs) You hurts that one.
12: Um, (laughs) Uh, Lightroom handles uh, JPEG, it handles RAW, it handles TIFFs, it handles PSDs, it does not handle video uh, formats. Uh, but always you get the most out of your image if you're shooting RAW. And mm-hmm. RAW is the, uh, for, it's not available on all digital cameras, it's mm-hmm. more the prosumer professional camera. Uh, but if you're serious about digital photography, you should be shooting RAW. And, and Lightroom is, just, is made for RAW conversion. It's a wonderful RAW converter. What is a DNG and why should we care about it? Raw files are raw files. In other words, this is uh, uh, the, the kind of the primordial ooze that comes out of the uh, the uh, the sensor from the sensor and from the digital camera. Uh, every camera manufacturer. Cases that raw data differently, so there's universal. There's no universal way of of, uh, formatting the the raw file. Uh, What Adobe came up with, which is a uh, a file format called DNG, was an attempt to make an open standard, a universally accepted format that you could convert your camera uh, formatted raw file into, so that 20 years from now, uh, when everybody's forgotten what a what a Canon, you know, whatever Rebel is. uh, you'll at least be able to open the raw file produced by that camera in a DNG.
7: Okay, great. Well, let's wrap up. We've had 10 minutes with Michael Oland. He's the author of Adobe Photoshop Lightroom 2 Adventure. The publisher is O'Reilly. How much does it cost? The book is uh,
12: $45, and of course you can get it discounted, <laughs> and, and I, I, I suggest you look around. Amazon's a good place. Your local bookstore is a great place, too.
7: What other books or projects are you involved in that our listeners, readers, and video viewers would be interested in?
12: You know, I'm actually, we're looking towards the next adventure. We're talking about that right now. But frankly, I'm I'm really excited about a project I'm working on in Norway, and I'm I'm doing a um, a documentary of a, a river that we live on. Uh, my family lives on right now, and it's a, it's a visual uh, just a, a visual pleasure for me to be focusing on a non-technical book. <laughs> but uh, that's that's the book I'm working on now, and of course I'll be following the the latest the next versions of Lightroom to keep up with that as well.
7: If people want to go on your next adventure, do you accept bribes or applications? Because when I told all my colleagues at MIMAC that I was interviewing you, they said, Nemo, if you get yourself on the next adventure, you are dead. But if you can get me on, you're a hero. So what are the criteria for getting invited? I thought I invited you on the Tasmania (laughs) one last year when we were sitting here.
12: What did you say? Something about... No, I don't remember what you said. It's invitation only, and um, and frankly, it's really an attempt to give... Get a nice mix of people together mm-hmm. that uh, that fit and and uh, that uh, work together nicely. Uh, it's, it's no, it's kind of a secret sauce. Mm-hmm. So I, Very I, good. I can't give you more than that. I'm okay. sorry. Well, we hope you
7: sell a lot of these books, and we hope you keep promoting Lightroom and keep supporting the Macintosh community. And we hope that we're talking to you many years from now at future MacWorld Expos.
12: Likewise.
0: We're in the North Hall of the MacWorld Expo Conference Center in the Moscone Center, and I found it was paul or alex. Uh, alex i'm sorry i've been doing a lot of interviews today alex you have to forgive me so i'm looking at your tag all the way from australia yep. you're actually the second people from second person from australia that i've interviewed today yeah there's a
11: few of us here i was in uh, the front line of the keynote and uh, about six of them are all Australians. what's so what's
0: going on with australians coming all the way to san francisco uh, got for the a expo. pretty
11: big mac community uh i've been using Macs for probably five or six years now yeah. um uh, Did you come to San Francisco for the expo? Yeah, that's why I'm here. That's so I, I dedication. Do have, I do have friends here, but uh, I've come here mainly for the expo and the, all the conference sessions. So you were here yesterday and today? Yeah, I've been here for a week. Oh, no, uh,
0: five days. Five so, days. Yeah. Are you staying for the whole expo, or is it? I'll be here for another week after the expo. Wow, so, so you're, you're hardcore. Yeah, so what have you... I'm going to assume that you've seen a lot of the
11: expo floor by now. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of the expo floor itself. I've mainly been doing uh, super
0: sessions and some of the conference items. What's the big draw for Macworld to you? What's the, what's the one thing that he says, I have to go because of... Uh, look, I mean, I'm a big Mac fan to
11: start with. I love the computers. I love the company. But uh, I'd like to expand my own knowledge and look at other products. I'm interested in doing a similar thing to you uh, yeah. with podcasting. Now, so, what's that thing that I saw on there, the Mac Shop? What's that? Yeah, uh, I used to work for a company called the Mac Shop in Launceston. I actually just left there before I came yeah. here. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been working in the Apple. So you're industry looking at writing years. about
0: Macs and stuff like uh, that. Writing uh, about uh, Macs,
11: or? we have uh, like a an adult education system, um, it's similar to a, a university small courses. So I'm looking at writing for, for those uh, for next year and doing a few iTunes and iPhone courses. That's cool So for beginners and then you know intermediate. What and are adults. you going to
0: personally? What do you personally do with your Mac? What's the draw? With my
11: Mac, um, I look. I do a lot of photography work. Um, I have just started to do a little bit of uh, film work as well, a little bit of editing. Um, looking at um, uh, I stop motion, I did check out uh, Boykes's nice movie yesterday. Yeah. Um, Got to go and have another chat to them. But uh,
0: really, photographs is what I use most. Seem- does it seem like the, the photography really seems to be coming back again? It was really popular when iPhoto first came out. And it kind of mellowed out a little bit but I don't know the last year or so photography really seems to be exploding Um, I
11: would say that's a lot to do with Apple iPhoto is just getting better and better and as we saw at the keynote uh, Face recognition looks amazing doesn't uh, it? 09 looks fantastic um, for iLife Um, and again Aperture 2 um, really changed the first version wasn't too much chop, but they really upped it in the second uh, revision. What are you using to shoot? I've got a Nikon D90. Oh, that nice camera! It's fantastic. Yeah. So, any
0: last things that uh, you're looking at at the expo before you head out of here? Before the expo, is there like I have to go over to that booth? And if what is that booth? Look, I'm in search for the
11: perfect iPhone case. I think too. So. You know, I was just
0: <laughs> over the spec cases.
11: Yeah, a lot uh, of we huge did the Apple quiz over
0: there yeah. and. Uh, uh, they have got some pretty nice stuff, and yeah. there's just a lot of cases here this year. But no, I'm not it's a huge not as fan. big as last year, though. Yeah, Spec's not a a um.
11: I'm not. I've never been drawn to their products uh, aesthetically. I'm sure they're well made, but uh, yeah. Everybody has taste, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's true. If we all had the
0: same taste, it'd be a very boring world. It's true. Yeah. There's a. Have you noticed that there's not as many iPod or iPhone related booths this year as last well, this year? Is it my seems first more year. Mac. Oh, so, is it? Yeah, I haven't. Okay. Uh,
11: I haven't noticed a difference. Are you worried
0: (laughs) that um, with Apple pulling out that this expo isn't going to exist after this year? I would
11: hope not, no. Um, I think uh, Macworld really needs to push more of an educational market as well. Uh, Apple are true in saying that the trade show is dying out. Um, They don't reach the audiences that they used to, perhaps from trade shows. So looking at a more educational stream um, is where I think Macworld should look at going. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. No worries. Back on the
0: showroom floor, we're at Live Worship.
10: What's the website, by the way? Uh, www.liveworship.com. No, I never would have figured that out. So, Marty, what do you do at Live Worship? Um, I'm I'm one of the developers of the program. Um, spent the last five years um, in development of a, a PowerPoint replacement for um, the church worship environment.
0: So, explain what the
10: software does and why the listeners out there is something that they'd definitely be interested in. Well, basically, we know that a lot of people um, use PowerPoint for presentations. And in a church environment, um, building a PowerPoint each week um, becomes kind of cumbersome and time-consuming. So we've basically created a program that allows that, uh, that process to be much easier. It's got a database back end where you can keep all of your song lyrics, um, backgrounds, video clips, those kind of things that you use on a weekly, um, monthly basis right at your fingertips. And it also allows you to, to be able to present um, to the screen but also be able to edit on the fly so instead of interrupting um, our, our big thing is we don't want to dis- any kind of distraction in front of the congregation yeah that's kind of bad
0: isn't it yeah hold on
10: everyone i need to yeah yeah so so we've created a, a program that allows you to edit on the fly so you can make changes to your lyrics uh, make changes to text uh, build slides without anybody ever knowing that that's going on actually
0: this sounds like it would work for our, our uh, weekly podcast <laughs> yeah, i mean well, really we,
10: we, we actually have a lot of um a lot of people, other than churches using it, a lot of people in the education side of things use it um, in the classroom because they can just build slides on the fly and uh, and use it for note-taking and things like that. So, How
0: would you guys get started? What was the, the
10: genesis, if you will, of well, the software? We, we were um, audiovisual um, installers, and uh, we were going into churches, and, and they were all using PowerPoint or using some other products, and, and we just couldn't find anything on the Mac that we really liked. Um, everybody was kind of having to... Uh, creative on that side, so we thought we'd try to, tra- you know, try to help people out, and that's kind of how the whole process has started. Is, I don't, I
0: don't it, it looks like really nice software. Uh, how much are we talking about? If, if there's organizations out there listening to the podcast, how much would they look to spend on something like this? Um, we,
10: we have a show price of $249, and, and what that allows, um, we have a very um, open license that allows you to install that on as many computers as you need to within your organization. So um, so we, we, we just wanted to make sure that people and have it in their hands and they can use it. So we know that sometimes uh, presentations are being built by four, five, six different people for each week um, at a a church service. So allowing that to be installed on as many computers as they need to um, allows that collaboration to happen and and hopefully make make everybody's life easier.
0: Well, Marty from Live Worship, good luck on the showroom floor this week, and uh, we'll look at you next year. See, how you, you probably have like a, a huge booth next year. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, we, the kiosks work well for us. I think so. I, I like coming over here. This is what it's all about for me, uh, our listeners. We want to know what's going to change their lives with the software, and it's not going to be the next Canon printer or the, the Canon video camera or even Adobe Photoshop because, quite honestly, most of the people that listen to this, they can't afford $3,000 software. But... It's the smaller developers that are really changing the, and, and forging ahead with the Macintosh community. So thank you very much for developing on this platform. Thank you. Appreciate
10: it, Tim.
7: We're delighted to meet our old and lifelong friend, David Pogue. And, David, what do you think is the future of your missing manual digital edition that David Weeks just raved about for your missing manual of the iPhone?
13: Well, I think there's two there's two categories. There's the uh, you know the generic ones that you can read on your computer in PDF form or whatever, and then there's this this experiment that was the iPhone book on the iPhone App Store. Right. Um, and um, you know, I'm I'm on record as as being very uh, leery of this stuff because I'm constantly ripped off. I mean, we
7: we got that one covered last year. Yeah, exactly. We covered that one A to Z. Well,
13: I mean, seriously, my books are floating around as unprotected pdfs everywhere and anyone who wanted the book but didn't feel like paying for it would have no problem finding it so that that's in the back of my mind but the publisher um is much more forward thinking than i am and is convinced that it's a great idea and is is making all the popular books available as electronic downloads unprotected and intends i'm sure to to go on full hog whole hog with all of them um and I'm not starving, and we, we have not seen a big hit in income. So there, there's no way to really test whether it hurts the author or not, without diverging into a parallel universe where there are no electronic books. So we'll never know the real answer. So they're All making we can, it happen, and you're you're enthusiastic. Uh, they're, as much they're, as they're making it happen, and I'm closing my eyes <laughs> and hoping against hope it doesn't kill my income. Okay,
7: and also speaking of the future. Uh, Do you have any opinions, positive, negative, or neutral, about the future of the Macworld Expo as far as companies, consumers, and the media? In other words, if we miss this opportunity in person, how do we get a comparable opportunity? And the same applies to companies and to consumers.
13: Yeah, that was sort of the flaw in Apple's logic when they said the reason we don't need to do the Macworld Expo is because we have these Apple stores. (laughs) I didn't quite get that. So... So Steve Jobs is going to go from store to store to unveil these presents p- products. Yeah. No, he's not. Um, but um, I mean, it does make sense from Apple's standpoint. Um, Phil, I talked to Phil Schiller about it yesterday, and he said basically this January event does, does not sync with. Any natural cycle for Apple. It doesn't cy- s- uh, fit, fit with the holiday season, the educational buying season, the iLife product cycle, the laptop product cycle, the iPod product cycle, or the iPhone product cycle. So it just makes no sense for Apple. Um, and meanwhile, they have to come up with this huge show every year. So. Um, what it means for the expo, I don't know. I can't imagine it'll be much of a much of a media event with Apple not here. Um, no one's going to come and see what the latest iPod cases look like. <laughs> um, but there might still be a lot of value in in the instructional aspect and in having people come, like especially with the iPhone as, yeah. a, as a new platform. Um, maybe it will carry on in that regard. But I, I'm sure it will be smaller, and uh, I'm sure it will fade from the scene as a media event.
7: Okay. Uh, let's talk about your role as a New York Times columnist. How do you produce your New York Times videos? Do you have a video crew that lives in your house that videos you mm-hmm. whenever you happen to be working on something at that particular moment? Or do you work in a studio environment? Um,
13: well, for, for three years, I made those videos all by myself. <laughs> I literally stuck a camcorder on a tripod and hit record and edited them myself in iMovie. And I did love that, and I still would love to do that. It takes-
7: Forever. It just
13: took so much time. I could not, I mean, it was. It would take an entire day. Wake up in the morning, finish at midnight. I mean, and I just did not have one-seventh of my life to give to that when they were paying me $300 for it or whatever. So, um, and then a year ago, CNBC came a call and said, tell you what, we want you to do exactly the same thing, except that we'll come up Monday morning and we'll film it, You'll do the same thing. You'll script it. You'll act it. Everything the same. We'll just do what you say, and then we'll edit it, and then we'll air it on Thursday, and, and we'd like you to come to the studio and, and introduce it if, if you are available. And that's exactly what's happened. So overall, it's been, oh, and then and we'll, we'll pay you <laughs> like, like a human. So it's, it's been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, they come at 10 in the morning on Monday, and we're usually done at 1, and, and the rest of the day is mine. And, and it's a real class act. It, it is. It looks great. It's beautiful. It, it's weird because um, the only downside is that the email feedback to those videos has gone to zero. It used to be every week people say, oh, I love yeah. that one, or what happened? You weren't oh, as funny goodness. this week, or whatever. Now nothing. I think because it's it's too it's, slick. It's too slick. People, it doesn't feel like my baby anymore, or something. But, but you, you you don't mind. You can live with that. Yeah. No. It's overall, it's a great trade. Do you personally follow those bazillions New York Times
7: blog comments? I mean, if David Polk scratches his ear, he's got 500. He, he, you've got more comments than Tom oh, Friedman, yeah. and Nicholas Kristof, and Frank Rich combined. <laughs> no, somewhere. no,
13: actually I don't. I'm, I'm like, I used to be the, for a while, I was the most popular Times blog. I'm down at like number 19. Oh, so okay, I well,
7: I mean... You, <laughs> You're popular with me. How about that? Ah, oh, that's
13: what counts. Um, no, I read all the comments. So you do, and I, because I answer people them. because people address you personally. Yep. Yep.
7: I mean, and so I mean, obviously, you can't answer everyone personally, but right. they, but they can know that you are reading those yep, comments. Yep. I read every because that takes one. some time too. Yep. Because they don't stop. Sometimes, sometimes they go on. Okay. So, so you're loyal to your readers there.
13: These, the, those blog, that blog is the highest signal to noise ratio I've ever seen. They are so funny and nice. I mean, the litmus test is when I screw up. Yeah. And instead of being like snarky little bloggers saying, you moron, you tard, they're, they're, they're gentle. And they say, well, actually, David, you could argue that blah, 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 and yeah. you should try it. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I do another blog about that. But they are the nicest, gentlest, most articulate, funny. It's amazing. It is, it is a great read. Yeah.
7: Can we go on a little bit longer? Sure. How do you manage your personal workflow? you got family. You've got writing books. You're doing videos, which you talked about and you've got your own articles and reviews that have got to come out every Thursday whether you want them to or not. But you've taken two weeks off, so we're, re- <laughs> we're ready for more tomorrow. That's right. We're paying attention.
13: <laughs> well, time management has been my weak spot for a long time. I've, I've actually had a couple really awful periods. Um, y- you know, my life is in perfect balance when I'm not doing these books because, you know, the, the CNBC thing is just a half a day, yeah. and then the times, times is a couple of days... And you know, then I'll do a speaking yeah. engagement or something, and then but then when the book comes along, <laughs> you know that's a full time all bets are off thing by itself. <laughs> so um, I just you know I just hunker down, try to you know hire people to do the yeah. the grunt work as much as I can, uh, but it's a constant struggle.
7: Okay, so you're human at that at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of your best products of the 2008 was the flip, and I don't know if you single handedly helped propel that into bestseller status, but would you say that the Flip is your best product of the last year or so? when we're talking about a small, personal, portable, pretty darn good quality, affordable video recorder. If not the Flip, anything stick in your mind as being a a real stellar product that that you've reviewed and been involved with
13: for the last year or so? Well so the, the flip itself, the regular flip, was very amazing and it took a huge percentage of the market all by itself. But the one that I went nuts over was the the, the high definition one. Right. The, the Flip Minnow H D, mm-hmm. which is just it's the smallest, lightest, cheapest, high definition camcorder in the world. And the picture quality for this chintzy little piece <laughs> of plastic is amazing. In low light even. Yeah. When when even the thousand dollar cameras can't can't hack it. So I don't know if I'd call it the product of the year. Um, i 'd say the product of the year is the iPhone App Store, both for what it is and for the way it changed the paradigm now there 's a Windows Mobile App Store, Palm <laughs> App Store, Blackberry App Store, Google App Store, all of them aping precisely the same model that Apple set up and so that means that the cell phone has just suddenly changed into something else it 's not not quite a laptop. Um, it's it's has overtones of the the palm for a while when there were yeah. like those thousands and you were a palm, of them. I hardcore. was, I was. We I know loved all those about apps. you and the palm. Yeah, <laughs> but but the fact you can download them directly to the phone, it's, yeah. it's next thing to magic, man. And it and t- today I, I taught an iMovie seminar, and, and so what I decided to do as the sample project is we walked down the line of people waiting for my own <laughs> keynote this morning and asked each person what's on your iPhone. And then I thought later in the seminar we would edit these answers together into a sweet, funny little yeah. 60 seconds, which is what we did. But oh my gosh, <laughs> the answers themselves were unbelievable, and it totally explains the iPhone thing. Um, a, a little program um, for potential names for my baby, a baby <laughs> name generator. Huge. Um, my grandchildren. Um, Barney, because I give my iPhone to my two year old in the car. Um, this is, and they were just the most touching, one after another. This is my 7-year-old coming out of anesthesia when she had surgery. I mean, it, hardly any of it was, "Oh, this is my spreadsheet for work." It was touching personal, individualized just amazing things. And and we weren't saying, "Show us your most personal thing." We were saying, "Show us what you're doing right now." So, there's a, there's a lot explained right there. And I that's why I think the the App Store concept, Apple's and everybody else's, is truly changing the climate.
7: Great. One last question? and this morning unfortunately we missed your royal command performance and i hear it had something to do with the ocarina without recapping the whole thing can you just tell us briefly what we missed and why the ocarina is such a big deal
13: sure um well, Ocarina is a, an app. It's a dollar, one dollar app from the app store for the Ocarina. iPhone. What's the first letter of it? Oh. Oh, okay. I say Ocarina. Is Ocarina. Okay, w- whatever it's it is. the same thing. I know. Okay. I'm not from Brazil. That, so. That's fine. Um, but anyway, um, so this, this Stanford um, University music professor, Ge Wang, G-E is his first name, um, wrote this app. And since it came out in November, uh, a half a million people have downloaded and learned to play this thing. You blow into the microphone of the, of the iPhone. And there are four, quote, holes. They're there illuminated spots on the screen. And you put your four fingers on those, and you can play the entire scale. And YouTube is filled with videos of people playing these amazing solos. There are there are ocarina quartets playing har- harmonies. And so we had the guy who invented it come on stage, and um, we had a little band. I played piano, and, and we had J.F. Brissett play bass. Um, and he, he played a Beatles song and, and some other songs with us. And... It was stunning. It was. It's a haunting, beautiful, uh, lilting sound that comes from this thing, and the audience began applauding when he'd been like four notes into the song because it was so magical to see this guy playing a piece of silicon cell phone with the expressiveness and the and the vibrato of, of a of a flute or an accordion. It was. Does it sound like?
9: Does it sound like the ocarina that we used to play in school? That little sweet potato. They used to call yeah. it sweet potato. Does it sound like?
13: That? That's right. I don't know because I didn't go to your school, but. <laughs> well, I mean,
9: it was, it was uh, ubiquitous around the United States. A lot of uh, grade schools had these, gave them to kids for music, uh, for music uh, instruction and
7: education. David is now bending over. Hopefully, he doesn't have heartburn or something like that. But he's bending over and reaching I think he's sick of my in, into his gadget bag, and we'll find out what happens.
13: My, I have low battery. Shoot, I can't... Do I leave my... I... No.
7: Okay, so he pulls out his iPhone. This um, is not video.
13: This is live radio here. <laughs> so I, I just got it, so I'm, I'm not a virtuoso, but just so you can hear the sound of it. So those are the, there's the full four holes, and I'm going to blow... Oh, let me turn the speaker back. On. I'm going to blow into the... So, wait. Oops, I'm not doing it right. Um, here we go. So you get this beautiful haunting sound out of it. And um, there. Are pl- I, I used to be able to do a scale. I don't know. <laughs> like holding it upside down. Okay, there we go. Anyway, I got the first one. We
7: get the idea. Yep. So that's
13: it. That's great. Yeah, well, so he performed live. The creator of the program performed live. So that's live. just yet another stellar
7: example of exactly it, what you're talking about. The
13: other truly astonishing thing about that program is that you can tap a globe button. Here, oh, I'll, yes. I'll do that for you right now. So you tap a globe button, and it connects to all the other half a million people who have Ocarina on their iPhones and lets you listen to what they're playing Right, right now. now from somewhere else in the world it's it's astonishing um so here's my globe it's tuning in oh i don't know maybe it's not going to work in this wireless okay. challenged room we get but, the idea um, we'll test it but you hear them fumbling along and learning <laughs> their scales and okay there we go um this is not me this is someone fooling around with ocarina in japan Okay, I know. It's, a, it's amazing. This, this is the real thing. It makes you feel a bond with people all over the world you've never met. And you realize you're just like them. <laughs> there would be no war if everybody had Ocarina. You're right.
7: And speaking of just like them, we want everybody to know that David Pogue is just like us. He gets his thrill out of his iPhone. And he's a kid in a candy store. And that's one of the great things about you, the enthusiasm that you bring. Artie Alenikoff was here. He says he didn't really know that much about David Pogue. He says, what can you tell me about him? I said, well, as far as I'm concerned, he's the top technology and personal consumer products writer in the world. Wow. So there's only can only be one, and we're delighted to have Dave, David Polk here on our MyMac podcast. Thank you very much, David.
13: Thank you. It's very nice.
1: And thank you for downloading and listening to the
6: MyMac.com podcast.